Well, hello and welcome to episode seven in season two of In the Growth Space. My name is David McGlennon. I am super grateful that you're here today. You know, this podcast is all about exploring and examining growth from a number of different perspectives. And I really believe that in life and in business and leadership, it's really all about expanding and, and, and learning and exploring new experiences. Um, and, and so I like to have conversations with people who are on that journey of growth. Many of these people are really just like you and me. Um, they may be further down the road than, than you are or than I am, um, but they've learned something. And I really enjoy getting to know people, their perspective. And these are conversations that I think are important and I really want to share them with you. So in every episode that I have, I really attempt to bring ideas on what it takes to grow and in different areas and just ways to grow through these stories or even experts that we have, like what we have on today's episode. And whether you're a leader of a team or a business owner or just maybe a high achiever that wanting to grow, you're going to get something that you can take away and help you along your own growth journey. Now, today on our episode, um, we're going to talk a lot about being very intentional with our growth around um, something called a revenue function in our business and, and really our exit strategy with regard to making sure that we're very intentional with our, our revenue function. And I, I want to introduce you today to somebody by the name of Greg Stanley. So Greg is the president of Accelerant Consultants. And he's based in the Indianapolis area. And before that, though, he he served on the Seven Partner Leadership Council for PwC, the, the big accounting firm. And he had uh, strategy and revenue responsibility for over $325 million. Uh, you'll hear him talk about uh, going from uh, a $1 million revenue uh, company to $500 million company that he was a part of. It's a, it was a hyper growth firm. So he's had expansive experience around growth in, in the revenue function. He's built practices around sales and marketing teams and, and even channel relationships for PwC, a company by the name of SupportNet, Aero Electronics, and Smart IT. He is also an adjunct professor at Butler University, and he dedicates a significant amount of time to a community involvement, and he is also a, a huge family man. So I wanted to be able to bring him to you today. So let's welcome Greg to the podcast. Well, hey, Greg, I'm so glad to have you here on the podcast. Welcome. David, thanks so much. I've been looking forward to this since we scheduled it a few weeks ago. Yeah, me too. Me too. So, you know, one of the things that I know about businesses is that at some point we have to exit the business right at some point we're 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 out the door whether it's we 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 end up with a sheet over our face or 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 somebody buys it from us or or a number of other ways that we're going to exit and one of the areas of growth i think that is really important for business owners to understand is really thinking into and being intentional about their exit strategy and we talk a lot here on the on the podcast about being intentional, being intentional with our, our, our personal growth and our, our company growth. And so really, this is a, an, an area I know is, is your expertise. And so 
Um, before we before we get into talking about like why it's really important to um, have a, our exit strategy cons, cons, considered and, and and really thought into, why don't you tell a little bit about your backstory and and uh, how you got into doing what you do? Yeah, I appreciate that, David. It, and and just to give a bit of backdrop, I started my career with a firm that was about a million dollar top line revenue organization. Yeah. Um, very entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial over about a 10 year period of time, we grew to 500 million in revenue. So I was exposed very wow. early in my career to ultra high growth, um, mm. a lot of entrepreneurial opportunities inside the business to build businesses. And ultimately that culminated in us being acquired by a publicly traded company. And at that time I was asked to, uh, prior to the acquisition, um, help launch a peripheral business within the business. And that ended up in being about $175 million PL responsibility. And so wow. from that position, um, I, I wanted to take the next step into a different organization. Um, I, I landed at PwC, the big four accounting firm, which isn't necessarily mm. a logical transition from a small uh, hyper growth yeah. firm to a big four <laughs> accounting firm, but it was another <laughs> entrepreneurial role, helping them build and, and grow a technology security practice from the ground up that didn't yeah. exist at the time. Um, after doing that for a few years, they brought together an operating unit of Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana and said, we don't have any marketing and sales organization. We don't have any go-to-market mm -hmm. strategy. Will you serve on our executive partner panel um, that runs the geography and help us build and grow uh, an intentional strategy around marketing and sales and hire resources and deploy those resources against what we believe to be our highest priority. So I got a bit of a taste of small businesses, hyper growth businesses, yeah. Uh, many entrepreneurial roles, building things from the ground up, doing strategy types uh, of things. Um, and ultimately, when I look for my next role, um, I talked to a number of small business owners saying, we just can't get this revenue function right. Will you be mm. a partner? Will you join our firm? Will you be a chief revenue officer? Um, and, and really, I wanted something maybe with a bit more intrinsic value than just helping one small business. And so the, the challenge that I saw that I believe to be pretty endemic in the small business world is most small business owners don't come from a world of the revenue function, marketing and sales. Yeah, right. Many don't come from the world of finance. Many don't come from the world of HR, uh, more in mm -hmm. your case, as you know. So um, the challenge that I saw is they had a great idea. They, through their own blood, sweat, and tears, grew the business to a certain point. They had uh, a desire to scale the business. They would throw salespeople at the market thinking they would do this black box magical sales stuff that would create growth within their organization. And ultimately, they ended up spending a lot of money for almost no return mm. and were operating the businesses without a lot of intention. And so- yeah. They didn't give a lot of thought to valuation. They didn't give a lot of thought to exit strategy. It was a nice lifestyle business and they were making decent money, but there was mm -hmm. never any thought given the next step. Yeah. Gosh. And, and for those of you who are, are watching and listening, you know now why I wanted to have Greg on this podcast, because he he knows growth. And, and if we're going to grow, especially in what appears to be a coming recession, if we're not in one already, I mean, we need to be able to make sure that our revenue function is highly functioning and and well thought out and have a great strategy. So, um, so 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 Greg, then talk talk a little bit about um, the exit strategy and why why should somebody think about that first and foremost, and then when should they start to think about that 
and maybe kind of, you know, underlying that, how does that all relate to revenue uh, and the revenue function in, in and of itself? Yeah, so what I will say is there are many levers um, in terms of valuation of businesses. Many exist on the financial side, but many of those are highly impacted by, if not solely reliant on those things that happen within the revenue function. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you talk about when a business owner should start thinking about exiting. The business owners today, I view as having a couple of different challenges. Number one, uh, the challenge is private equity is moving farther down market. They're moving into uh, small yeah. businesses. And for those businesses that don't operate with a high degree of intentionality, strategy, um, uh, uh, optimized functional areas within both revenue, finance, accounting, uh, HR, they are competing with organizations now that are mm. Uh, because of the influx of of private equity and those organizations have more capital backing to be able to make investments and do smaller business owners don't. Regardless of whether you're thinking about exiting in the short term or the long term, one of two parties will derive business or or, uh, let me say that again. One of two parties will derive value out of the business. It will either be the business owner who's running the business as they should be running the business and they're, dri- they're deriving the value and that value will be capitalized on upon their exit or a private equity firm or family office or strategic investor will come in and take advantage of the fact that the business owner was not running the business as they should have been and they'll derive oh, the value. Yeah. So as a small yeah. business owner, certainly you want to get the value out of the asset that is likely the most valuable asset that you'll ever own in your life as yeah. opposed to giving that value to someone else. And the sooner that you start running your business as if you want at least options to exit, the more options you'll have and the more meaningful those options will be. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, you, you, you said the word again, intentional. I think it's, it's really the, the whole um, idea of being intentional and thinking about and thinking ahead about how we want to be able to position and, and create the most value for the biggest asset that, that, that we as business owners have. So I, I think that's really really important. You know, I, I know that in some prior conversations that you and I have had, you talked about some statistics that um, I think it was KeyBank um, put together that were really um, enlightening, I think, in, in this whole area. So if, if you, I don't know if you remember those or not off the top of your head, but uh, what are some of those statistics? Because I think for those of you who are listening, you need to take a listen to, the, to, to these these statistics and and really, it should be motivational to help you really think into this whole idea of setting your company up um, well with you know revenue function strategy, et cetera. Yeah, I'll actually set that up with a statistic from Forbes, which okay. is, did a study in 2017, which indicated that 88% of business owners don't have an exit plan. They have no yeah. plan if they get wow. hit by a bus, if they have a health event, if they wake up one day and they wow. say, you know, I'm tired of doing this, I want to get out of the business. And when you talk about maximizing value once you exit, knowing that you will exit, and to your point, you will exit in some form, whether it is through a private equity acquisition, a family office acquisition, a strategic buyer, you launch an ESOP, uh, you have to put a chain on the door, you get carried out of the box, you will exit at some point. Um, And the fact that 88% of people don't have a plan is is shocking. I actually did another not long ago and I asked the audience how many people in the audience have a will. And almost every hand went up. Mm-hmm. And then I asked how many people have an exit plan. And only about <laughs> two or three of about 40 hands went up. Wow. And, and it's shocking to see the low number of people that 
plan for an event that will be inevitable. And I don't know mm -hmm. if it's because they feel like it won't be inevitable or whatever the reason, but but you've got very few people who plan for that. So back to the KeyBank <laughs> study, they did a webcast a couple of months ago and their private wealth organization uh, put together a study and they indicated that between now uh, and 2030, about 250,000 business owners would desire to exit their business because mm. of opportunity, because of the high multiples, because of the demographics and people aging out of their businesses, because they've got um, no one to, to no one in the family to pass the business down to. But th there yeah. will be 50,000 people that have businesses today that by 2030 will desire to get out of their businesses. Of wow. those, they estimated that only 50,000, so about 20% will be market ready. Are you even ready wow. to sell your business? Of those, only 14,000 would get the value that they believe their businesses could be worth. And part of that is a mm. challenge around the business owners believing their businesses are worth more than they actually are. Sure. The bigger challenge is um, when someone comes in and looks under the hood of the business and they find that either the books aren't right or the revenue function's not right or there's no, um, uh, they're not scalable or there's no, uh, compelling or differentiating value proposition in the market or their products have been commoditized or profitability has been declining over a number of years. Uh, they have no new account acquisition. A lot of those levers that exist in the revenue function, they start to discount the multiple. And mm -hmm. so those are the areas where I believe we can really impact based on uh, having a high degree of, of strategy and, and focus on the revenue function and really yeah. impact what that multiple and ultimate valuation once that exit event does happen can be. Man, it sounds like there's huge opportunity for a lot of business owners and business leaders to start now to be proactive with thinking about these things and actually starting to plan for that eventual exit. And, and so I guess, you know, one of the things that I, I as you were talking through, um, that and some of those statistics, I guess one of the questions that comes up for me is, you know, what are some of the signs that maybe a business's revenue function has opportunity for improvement? And, and you know, what do we what do we look for in, you know, in that and in, in, in that opportunity? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, Gino Ariana, the coach of UConn's women's basketball team, who has been infinitely successful in that role, has said mm -hmm. the best time to look at why we're winning games is when we're winning games. Yeah, so you right. Think proactively to prevent yourself from losing games in the future. Yeah. And so uh, what I would suggest is every business take a deep dive into their revenue function, knowing uh, the impact that that functional area has on their valuation. Mm. Uh, I think we're in a period of time, which is a bit challenging. And I actually wrote a white paper several years ago, which emphasized this. If I ever get any pushback to what I'm trying to help business owners do, it's I've got this whole revenue function figured out. Our mm. revenue function is fine. We're growing by 15% a year. My issues are around su supply chain or I need more labor <laughs> to uh, drive, drive forklifts or drive trucks or make things or whatever business they happen to be in. Yeah. Uh, the challenge that I believe that that holds is these business owners are trapped in a bit of a mindset like we had in real estate in 06 and 07, where yeah. everybody thought real estate was, was successful. And we've had a, a massive tailwind of the economy for the last 10 or 12 years right. that, as you mentioned earlier, is starting to slow down. We're starting to see some headwinds and things are starting to become more difficult. Mm -hmm. When we haven't looked at 
areas like the revenue function prior to an economic slowdown, those events tend to be much more difficult, and much more bloody. And we, the things that happened during those periods of time, had we not looked into those things, can be avoidable. Mm-hmm. And so my suggestion is, even if you think your business is doing really well, you need to really look at things very critically like, what is your new customer acquisition rate? What has your profitability been like over the last several years? Mm-hmm. Where, how, with whom are you make money, uh, making money from a products and services perspective, from a people perspective, and from a customer's perspective? And take a really critical eye and understand that every decision that you make relative to the business and the revenue function is either accretive to or destructive of value in your business. Mm. And become uh, very aware of the concept of opportunity cost as you're making decisions in your business. Yeah, that's, I think that's really important. And, and I guess, you know, then kind of taking it one step further, Greg, you know, what, as you, as you help um, businesses um, really dive into this, what are some elements of a a well-defined revenue function? I mean, what are some of those things that, that, that we can do to really make sure that that revenue is growing given especially the, the headwinds that we're facing? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And I, I, I call it a revenue function for a reason. And the reason yeah. I call it a revenue function is I believe it needs to be addressed holistically. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I see a lot of business owners and part of what compelled me to launch my firm five years ago is that I saw a lot of business owners, number one, struggling with their revenue function. So I saw an mm-hmm. issue that's going to be endemic in small and mid-sized businesses Um, Number two, when business owners took the initiative to address the issue, what I often saw was them addressing it with point solutions. My revenue Mm. is not working, so I'm going to hire a marketing firm to find me more leads for my reps. And those leads oftentimes were far enough down the path that the Uh. um, acquirer of the business, whatever the product or service happened to be, they were just looking for more vendors to commoditize whatever they were buying. Um, Business owners say, my whole sales team's not working. I need to send them to sales training. And yeah. many of the sales training platforms were developed before the advent of the internet. In my opinion, yeah. they're not sustainable nor effective, especially when you look at a lot of the resumes of people delivering it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just didn't seem to match up with long-term success for the business. So when you ask about the types of things in the revenue function, I think fundamentally they need to understand first before they do anything, again, where, how, and with whom, are, are they making money? So yeah. from a customer perspective, analyze your customers and look at it from a P&L perspective. Um, are those customers profitable or are they just generating a lot of top line revenue, which also mm. brings with it a lot of administrative costs and sales costs and customer service costs and potentially return costs. And a lot of those bigger customers uh, beat uh, smaller vendors up on pricing. They also beat them up on terms. And and so yeah. the situation and those types of analyses reveal oftentimes the business is actually losing money on some of their bigger, bigger customers. And so it, yeah. it's taking a look at financially um, the, the customers that are producing the profitable revenue, mm-hmm. uh, taking a look at the products and services that they have and make sure that they're not just an accumulation of doing stuff and things for the market that are not strategically related and have no reason for being and or maybe mm-hmm. even aren't profitable. Those are things that when buyers come to look at a business, they say, I want your core business. I don't want all this other stuff. And they start again, discounting uh, the value of the business and take a look at the sales team. Is the sales mm-hmm. team from a person to person perspective, are each one of those assets producing a net profit for the business or are they producing a net loss for the business once you factor in 
they're all in uh, cost for the organization. They're fully loaded HR costs for the organization. Um, yeah. Once they understand that, then they can understand what the profile of uh, an ideal target looks like. They can align resources and make sure that they've got both their sales and marketing resources mm-hmm. aligned toward what profitable growth should look like within the organization and those things that will drive value. And mm-hmm. they can implement a structure that then holds everyone accountable to do what needs to be done to drive value. And, and they reward that, that value creation in a substantial way with both the sales and marketing. Mm-hmm because everyone benefits. Something you said um, just a moment ago, I think is really important for a lot of business owners to to, to think into. And I, I'd love for us to just go back there for just a second. And, and that is, you're not talking about, let's just look at our sales team or let's look at our marketing and, 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 and how, you know, we're getting leads, et cetera. You're really taking this holistic approach at everything and and I, I i do like the fact that you use that term revenue function because it's it's about everything that's coming in the door all of the top line revenue and 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 yet um i really i really appreciate the thing that you said too about looking at our customers almost line by line in a sense because i i know in a previous company we had a really big comp a really big client a customer and they were a pain in the backside. And when we really assessed what we're what we were making, it it was better off if we just fired that that client and then brought in some other high margin clients that we could actually have fun doing business with. And I think that that's an approach that a lot of companies may not really see. They just see the big name and the big top line revenue, but what's coming out the bottom. That's the important part. If I'm the business owner, what, what's on the bottom line is the important part. Well, and, and you're absolutely right. And the challenge that I think many business owners have is when you start a business, it's often imperative that you have a scarcity mindset. Any revenue is good revenue. You've got bills to pay. You've got potentially a warehouse. You've got employees and a payroll to make. You've got maybe kids in college or a house payment <laughs> that you've got to make. And so any revenue becomes good revenue. Mm-hmm. There's a period of time through which that may be a necessity but that the sooner that stops, the more likely you are to have a viable business long term because any revenue is not revenue. Good revenue is good revenue. Um, yeah. A lot of revenue is is not necessarily good revenue. I helped a client do a, a customer set analysis, as you mentioned, and they looked at their what they called their bottom 50 clients and their mm-hmm. bottom 50 clients based on the order value and just the gross margin of those clients was about twenty five dollars a client. Well, when you factor in even 15 minutes of a salesperson's time dealing with that client, a person sent out to the warehouse to pack and ship whatever goods they were buying, they were losing money on all of those clients. So it really creates a situation where you either need to have a difficult discussion with the client about the pricing model. You need to create more internal efficiency to be able to serve those clients in a way where you can actually maintain profitability and profitability at a level that's acceptable for the organization or you have to fire the clients. There are, mm. there are many, many companies that would get more valuable by having fewer clients and less revenue. Mm. Yeah, boy, isn't it? Yeah, and and that's it's almost like counterintuitive as well when when you start to think about it that way. And and, and I guess from that perspective, you know, one of the things that comes into my mind is when should a business think about these things. I mean, you know, obviously if I'm a business, I'm a going concern um, and, and I already have customers, I, I need to rethink of this, but 
and this is almost a leading question because I'm in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, shouldn't we really think about this as, you know, as a new a startup company, we really need to put these things into place ahead of time. I mean, that's, a, that's a, in the ideal world, right? Yeah. Yeah. In the ideal <laughs> world. And, and I'm, I try to be pragmatic enough to understand that the ideal world doesn't exist. And right. there's balance <laughs> between there has to be revenue that's generated it has yeah. to carry with it some level of profitability, but there has to be revenue that's generated just to sustain operations. And yeah. the alignment with some longer term, bigger vision that then mm. um, helps the organization focus on uh, making that conversion from a mindset of scarcity to a mindset of abundance and aligning yeah. itself with those things that ultimately longer term are going to build build value and, and highly profitable growth. Yeah. Well, if, you know, if, if, if a business owner is listening right now and they, um, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of hearing what you're saying and they're, they understand, yeah, I need to really think about these things. Where's like, what's the first thing that they need to think about? Like if, of, of all the things that you've talked about, where do you normally kind of hone in and say, let's go here first? Yeah, I would say it's a couple of things. It really is. It, it needs to be financially driven. And mm -hmm. it needs to do those, those financial metrics and really a, a, an understanding of where the business can add value in the marketplace and where there's mm -hmm. a market demand and a willingness to pay um, a, a fee for what they do that maintains a level of profitability. And so yeah. that helps them, number one, understand and, and be uh, a bit introspective about where, what they're really good at and what differentiation they have in the market. Mm -hmm. And so I would say, Doing the financial analysis, alignment of resources um, is the next key step typically. And those resources include the sales team, organizational resources, the value proposition and sales story, and making sure that those things are differentiating and, and compelling in the marketplace. And they don't sound like everyone else, which is a really hard thing for some businesses to do. But there's a lot of innovation in a lot of industries based on what's happened with procurement organizations and just organizations in general, especially when economic times become a bit more difficult, there will be price pressure on businesses to the extent that their customers don't feel like they're differentiated in the marketplace, yeah. profitability of these businesses will decline. And so focus yeah. on that messaging and then making sure to the extent they're spending money in marketing, I see a lot of waste in marketing spend and companies mm -hmm. like what I term uh, sprinkling brand dust, <laughs> they spend a little bit at tables at not-for-profit events. They spend a little bit for an ad in a magazine. They spend a lot for trade show involvement. And at the yeah. end of the day, they have no idea whether there's an ROI on any of it. So making sure that mm -hmm. that area is aligned with sales, which is also aligned with net new profitable growth for the organization and client retention. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You you touched on something there when you talk about differentiation and 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 the commoditization and and I'm I'm so glad that you you mentioned that because one of the things that I believe is that one one element of differentiation that um, a company can really focus on is is their culture and the creation of their culture and the creation of a high performing culture. And that doesn't preclude us from being, you know, very human centric and people centric. And, you know, one of the people that I had on the uh, the podcast was a guy by the name of Joel Manby. He's a former CEO of, of SeaWorld. And, and he, he wrote a book called Love Works. And so having, you know, love as a part of uh, our culture doesn't mean that we're, we're, we're soft. So I, I guess all of that to say, what have you seen in terms of differentiation 
of organizations through their culture lens. Any any thoughts on that, Greg? And I think cultural, you're absolutely right. Culture plays a huge role in a company's performance, their ability to serve their customers, their ability to make or, or deliver high quality products and service, all of it and be able to attract talent at the end of the day. So yeah. development and creation of the organizational mission, what are we doing to fulfill a market need and make the world mm-hmm. a better place? Are you making the better uh, the world a better place by doing what you're doing? And you have to fundamentally believe that as yeah. a business owner, and you have to get your employees to believe in that, and you have to articulate that mes- messaging through marketing, through uh, employee attraction, through a lot of other vehicles. So I would say yeah. culture in terms of creation of differentiation is huge. The articulation that culture differentiates you in the marketplace is hard for customers to buy into. Nobody yeah. says, I don't have a good culture. Nobody says, I yeah. have <laughs> people. Nobody says, yeah. my products right. are, are, are of middle and quality um, and, and may or may not actually meet your needs. So to yeah. rise above that, uh, in my opinion, most organizations need to focus on not what they do or what they sell, but what outcome, what they do or what they sell creates for their customers. How does what yeah. they do make their customers' lives better? How does it create a better yeah. world for people? Uh, I've got a client that, and they're a great business and, and very well run that I helped for a long time. And their mission was, they were in the orthotics business. We want to help a million kids walk. Oh, we wow. Cool. do business with yeah. that wants to help a million kids walk. <laughs> right. want to work for a company and you talk about culture and mission, who doesn't yeah. work for a company whose whose mission is to help a million kids walk i'd work for that company for free right 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 exactly yeah i love that i love that well i you know it 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 sounds like that this is a a really big issue for a lot of companies so how 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 common is this uh you know just maybe lack of intentionality in you know small and 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 mid-sized companies greg how you know is it is it fairly prevalent yeah, I would say for both PE run and non-PE run organizations, it is pretty prevalent. The PE run mm-hmm. organizations in the small and mid-sized market space, they tend to have um, an influx of management talent. They tend to have an influx of capital. They tend to have an influx of people that understand operations and strategy. They don't necessarily have people that have developed and run revenue functions. They've got a lot of people that are very financially astute, obviously yeah. very intelligent people, but not necessarily functional experts in this area. That was really part of my motivation in in launching the business, as I said, right at five years ago, almost to the day, yeah. uh, was that I saw this as an endemic issue. As I mm. talked to business owners, almost every small and mid-sized business owner, because as I mentioned, most come from a place of orthotics or die casting or sheet metal fabrication or chemistry or engineering mm. or science or sheet metal fabrication or something other than this marketing and sales and revenue function world. Yeah. Most, most believe that they can just hire salespeople without a lot of structure, without a lot of process. They mm. run the rest of their business with a high level of operational effectiveness yeah. function, which if this isn't working right, nothing else in the business matters is run without a lot of operational discipline. And so my, my view yeah. is there's a lot of opportunity in this middle market space. Yeah, well, and it, it seems to me too, and it's it's interesting. You you talk about, you know, coming from a, a the perspective of like maybe I'm an engineer, maybe I'm in the manufacturing space. If I'm a manufacturer, I run my organization with lean principles, right? And and yet when it comes to my my sales, my marketing, this revenue function, 
I don't have the processes. And so to, you know, what I'm hearing you say is that what you bring to the table is being able to help organizations put that discipline in, to put those functions in and those, those systems and those processes to actually be a better run organization. Yeah, the revenue function is a process. It does require a level of strategy. And, and I work with a number of coaches as well that are in the EOS space or that are in the yeah. Gazelle space or the uh, scaling up space or pick your flavor of coaching. And I think they all can be very effective. Most yeah. don't, and, and most help smaller and mid-sized companies develop an overall organizational strategy, but that mm -hmm. needs to translate down into a revenue function strategy and similar processes and approaches and strategies around the revenue function and discipline, frankly, um, that, that is incorporated in other functional areas of the business. Yeah, yeah. Well, Greg, um, the, the, the things that you're talking about here today are, are, I think, one of the aspects that will help business owners really grow through the headwinds that we're facing in, you know, in, in, in the economy right now. Um, is there anything that we haven't talked about here today that you think is important for business owners and leaders to really know and understand before we, we call it a, an, an episode? Yeah, I would say a couple of things. Number one, I would encourage all business owners to look through the lens of opportunity cost. Again, every employee they hire, every investment they make in a piece of capital equipment, uh, every customer they take on, those all have either a positive or negative effect on value of the business. Mm. And very, and I use the word intentional a lot, but I do think yeah. the function requires a high degree of strategy and intentionality and making sure that the concept of opportunity cost is not just an overarching theme, it's it's incorporated into every decision that the business owner makes on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, I would also encourage business owners to rise above fighting the fire of the day. It's really easy to get, number one, comfortable with a lifestyle business that seems to be spending, mm -hmm. a, spending a decent amount of cash, but ultimately becomes an asset that's unsellable because it has lack of scalability and lack of structure and or potentially can't even operate without the, um, uh, without the business owner in the middle of the business and making sure that those things that they're doing um, uh, help to build out profitable growth, net new client growth, their products and services have a strategy. And whether they plan to or not, the last thing that they want to have happen is they get to the end of their career as a business owner and they say, okay, I want to sell my business a month or two from now or even yeah. a year from now. At that point, it's too late. They've got too what late. they've got. And yeah. so whether it's for the purposes of value, valuation for a bank loan to potentially launch an ESOP, to have options to exit when and, and how they choose, running a business with this level of discipline in the revenue function and focusing on uh, existing good client retention, growth within existing clients and new, new client acquisition and creating the structure and alignment and discipline behind that um, will help any business gain value. Yeah, gosh. So if you're watching and listening, you, you uh, totally understand why I wanted Greg to come on today because he's he's well versed. He's well now. He has a, a wealth of knowledge. And, um, you know, if, if you're listening and you're thinking, wow, I really need to be intentional with this. I want you to reach out to Greg and, and Greg, how, how can how can people get in touch with you and, and you know, just know a little bit more about the, the work that you do? Yeah, the website of our firm is accelerantconsultants.com. Feel free to email me directly at gstanley at accelerantconsultants.com. Um, awesome. and, and part of the reason you ask about starting the firm, there were really two reasons. Number one, 
Um, I saw an endemic issue in this small and mid-sized business space. And number two, I felt like there was a high level of intrinsic value in helping many small business owners get their businesses yeah. to, to a different spot that would make for a more meaningful exit for themselves, for their families, mm -hmm. for their uh, employees, who many of whom consider families. And so um, to the extent anybody would benefit from even a conversation, I'm happy to do that and just help uh, give some people some ideas about how to run a better business. And I really appreciate yeah. you having me on. I hope it's oh. helped some of your constituents and some of your listeners um, run yeah. a better business and be a bit more intentional. I love it. I love it, Greg. We will make sure that we put all of the the link to your website and your email in the show notes. So uh, if what whatever you're doing, if you're if you're walking, if you're working out, if you're driving, uh, just go to the show notes. We'll have Greg's uh, contact information there. Greg, thank you so much. Thanks for being here. Uh, you've added immense value to us and uh, really appreciate you being here today. Thoroughly enjoyed the discussion. Thanks so much, David. I think uh, you can see why I wanted to have Greg on the podcast about growth and growing our businesses around revenue function because most businesses have a huge challenge about being intentional with their revenue function. And I loved too the fact that Greg called it a revenue function rather than just a sales function or a marketing function. And the fact that he takes a, a really holistic view of that whole aspect of our business. And the other thing I think was really important to pull out is the fact that uh, 250,000 business owners will want to exit their business by 2030. And, and honestly, when I sit here and look in, in 2022, that's only eight years away. So it's definitely time to be thinking about this. Uh, because uh, according to their stats and what Greg shared, only 20% of those business owners are going to be ready. So creating a strategy around the revenue function is going to not only um, help you to be, be ready for your exit, but it'll also increase the multiple when you are ready to exit. So be proactive at, at looking at your revenue function um, and, and do that while you're really succeeding because that's when you need to be really addressing the revenue function. The other thing that I thought was really important uh, that Greg brought out was having an operational discipline around the revenue function, just like you do with other areas of your business. I, I think that's so important. And he talked about having a, a strategy um, with discipline and, and, and a process around the revenue function. And so oftentimes, I know in a startup, um, you just want to get revenue flowing through the front door. And so it's more about just getting revenue in. But I think if we think about this ahead of time and we think about having a discipline and a strategy and a process around revenue, it's just going to be very helpful for us as we move into the maturing process of the business. So I think this is such a, an important topic that so often gets missed with business owners. And so I wanted to bring Greg on to be able to have us think about how we can grow in this area and, and growing from this scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset and, and really taking a look at the revenue function in a, in, a, in a different way. 
So I've often said on this podcast that one of the areas that we want to be able to learn to grow in is our business, grow our business in and and today's episode uh, with Greg is just another way to think about how do we grow our businesses. And so I hope that you will um, check out uh, Greg's uh, website at accelerantconsultants.com. And if you need to get in touch with him, uh, G. Stanley at accelerantconsultants.com. We'll make sure that we put that in the uh, episode show notes as well. So I hope that you really enjoyed this episode. I know that anytime uh, I've talked with Greg, it's been really enlightening and uh, it's just really helps to stretch my mind uh, around this whole idea of increasing our valuation and being really structured around a revenue function. And if you liked this uh, episode too, would you do me a quick favor and just scroll to the ratings part of your podcast app, give us a five-star review. And also just share a review with maybe one of the things that impressed you the most from today's episode. Now, if you're not subscribed yet, please hit that subscribe button. And uh, I, I honestly would also love to just to be in touch with you in a more personal way. Um, every week I, I, I write an email to my community to um, encourage and, and further our collective growth. And so in the show notes, you'll see my website, uh, davidmcglennon.com. And when you scroll to the bottom of the site, you can join our email community. Now, on the next episode, you're going to hear from an author and a consultant who talks to business owners about moving their business from just being a part of their lifetime to a legacy business. And so you're not going to want to miss Nikkei Anani, uh, who is native to Nigeria, and she's moved to the U.S., Um, She is an author and this is just such an amazing topic. So if you know someone who wants to make sure that their business continues beyond them, this is going to be an important conversation. So don't miss next episode. And until next time, keep growing and be well, my friends. (music) 